Hello. Hold on. You're catching me right as my tea. Ah, uh, water just finished boiling. I swear to you, that is my favorite sound in the known world. Welcome to Threadings. This is the newsletter. <laughs> the newsletter and podcast where we discuss black feminism, love studies, and other things that keep and collect me. Today we're listening to a song that has literally been stuck in my head. You know how terrible it is when you listen to nothing but jazz music and then you get a song stuck in your head and you have no idea what the name is? So I'm just like, oh, it's that song that goes like, do, 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 terrible. Why Alabaster, why? Why? Or why Buzzard Man, why? By Alabaster Plume. It's a great one. Today we have a bit of a throwback, not that much of a throwback, because I recorded it in last August. I am outing myself as a big fat giant weenie. Um, I record so much stuff like for the internet, for all my various platforms and video content and audio content in the written form that never really make it to your eyes and ears because I get in my head. <laughs> I get in my head about whether it's good enough or whether it's grand enough or whether I'm saying enough important things. I have this whole like sub podcast called Letters to the Editor in which I just talk to myself about the ideas that I'm chewing through and the person I am becoming and would like to become. And I always found that too authentic, I guess, for for our shared internet space. I have a rule. If you listen to the episode with me and Courtney Futch, love her. I said that I don't post any first drafts to the internet, and that is generally true. Like, first drafts are a little bit too... It's not even just about it being unpolished, which it is. It's usually like, I don't know that I want to share that much, or that was the case when I was recording this. I had only been a content creator for a little bit over six months, because my first video was on February 10th of 2022, and what I'm about to share was recorded on August 25th of 2022 so this was after my birthday after the six month mark had passed i was just kind of sitting and ruminating and like who i was becoming and who i wanted to be i was sitting on my porch in chicago and it was raining and i just didn't know what to do with myself i knew that i was moving but i didn't know how or where or for how long i was being like ripped out of chicago like a band-aid off a kid's knee it was painful and unexpected, even though I knew it had to come sometime. This life that I had built for myself on this house of cards was really rickety, but it was my house of cards, and I loved that house of cards. And then all of a sudden I had to say goodbye. So I was sitting on my porch kind of ruminating about what this made me, like what, what this season and this transitional period of life was making me into. and. More than that, do I like the person that I'm becoming? Because I, re- I didn't really love me at that particular transitional phase. But the real big question was, it's not about whether I like me in this moment right now, this moment of time that's unfolding before you and me. It's really about, do I like the person I'm becoming? So, with that being said, I want to share this bit with you. It's the first edition of Letters to the Editor. And there's a lot of background noise because I'm sitting on my porch and it's raining cats and dogs. I hope you like it. And since I won't be there to uh, send you off, I'm just going to give us our little benediction now. 
I hope the work of your day passes through your hands with ease. It is a Thursday in August. It's, I think, the last Thursday of August this year. And I am sitting on my porch. I am setting a tree so that I cannot pick up my phone while I do this and look at it. I'm gonna tell you what I want. I want a life that resonates with me. I don't want to feel out of place or out of touch or out of my own body or out of my mind. I have felt so out of my mind. I want a life that reverberates like a tuning fork. Every time I get knocked by something, I just hum little C and then back to myself. I want to live a life where if I'm knocked by something, I can ground myself and other people with the noise I make. Oh, I just dropped my joint. <laughs> I want to hold on to goodness. I want a life that holds on to goodness and wellness and happiness well. The biggest thing I am rereading from my own notebooks is that I had a huge investment in happiness because I thought it was magic. <laughs> and I enjoyed making other people happy because it felt like magic. I also did not think that I deserved to be very happy. Or, yeah, it was about deservingness that I didn't feel like I deserved to be happy. Especially because my teenagers were really steeped in self-discovery. And most of my inside places were dead and dark and decaying. Like I was holding on to a lot of things that decayed. And I didn't always have a relationship with myself or a relationship with my inside internal spaces even with my external spaces the places in which I take up space both the physical and the metaphysical places that I take up space I did not always have a good relationship with those places they were not places that were really hospitable to happiness happiness always looked out of place it felt like me and happiness were very incompatible. And because of the spaces that I was in and because of what I was dedicated to holding on to, they were incompatible. It was a really terrifying moment when I decided I liked what life looks like inside me 
and I liked what little spurts of growth looked like inside me and all the dead stuff that was inside me was doing what it normally did I was so afraid of the change that came with death turning to life with like the soil being tilled and turned over with um the expelment of everything that isn't supposed to be there anymore like I was so afraid of all of that because it was so familiar and comfortable to me and it used to be alive and I remember what it looked like when it used to be alive that it scared me a lot to see things like happiness joy and peace pop up in my life that's what my internal spaces look like that's what my journals look like from when I was like 15 16 17 especially because I was leaving my family home I was looking at all the ways that my family home was broken and decaying and saying, but it didn't always used to look like that. So I can't just get rid of it. It's from a loved one. I had all these coping mechanisms that were from childhood that were not about to work in adulthood. And I said, but they've always kept me safe. So I I don't know how to not do them, even though they were harming me. (sighs) It was incredibly difficult. Incredibly difficult to see things like happiness even though I like happiness in theory it just didn't belong with all of that and it meant that everything was leaving and changing and I was just like not equipped for that I really I kept saying I just want things something permanent like I just want to stay somewhere I want things that stay this is also like the very familiar cry of a small child who moved a lot And I didn't even dislike moving, but it takes a toll on you after a while, not having anywhere to stay. So if I'm thinking about a life that reverberates, that means that I have to be able to host things that make good noise. If I want a life that reverberates, that means I have to be able to host things that make good noise. When you hit them, it has to be filled with something that makes good noise. So either it's made in a shape or a space where the hollow stuff it holds onto will knock around air in a way that's really pleasing when you hit a wall. Or like a tuning fork, you have to be like to the core solid of something that will hum together because you're aligned. If I want a life that reverberates, I have to be open to hosting good air and good space. Or I have to be filled solid with stuff that will hum together. Okay. So I suppose that means I should explain the visual of what I'm seeing here. I think first 
it might help to say that I think in pictures. I don't have a narrator in my head ever. My thoughts usually are not attached to words unless I'm quoting something or someone. So if I'm to think about metaphysical things, I don't think with words. My brain will draw me a picture. This means that my understandings of myself are always so approximate because I can really only say what I feel approximately. I'm seeing something that you cannot see. I'm feeling things that sometimes don't even bring up pictures. They just are a feeling. So if I'm going to try to explain things approximately, I try to make them as pretty as possible. I have historically been someone that is good at the kind of reverberating that comes with hosting a good hollow space. Lots of my prayers in high school, my prayers in college where God empty me out and put whatever you want in because then it will always be good. I said something like this on the phone with my mom. I said, it's always easier for me to shape my desires to be good rather than my actions to be good. Or I think, like I said, my discipline. Like it's so much easier to just want the right thing and be able to do then whatever I want. I'm always going to want the right thing for me because I've trained myself to want what's good for me. Than it is for me to work on my discipline of like, wanting what's good for me even if I are doing what's good for me even if I want to do other things I am very good at the kind of life where I have a lot of space to create in many ways that was high school because I didn't have any agency <laughs> I never had any decision fatigue because every moment of my day was accounted for well in advance if you I'm going to start reading my journals <laughs> if you all knew how much shit I did in high school I am really looking back on my life and thinking wow it is really uh entirely improbable improbable uh for someone of my background to reach here now I see why people are easily impressed by me <laughs> I am good at hosting space or I've made myself to be really good at hosting space that's the same thing as cultivating my desires I don't even look at the bad things I don't even think about the bad things I don't even want the bad things they're literally not in my line of sight they are not a possibility they do not exist they don't happen for me I want the right things so I'm on the right track and that means any setbacks bounce off me and I make a noise that is good and grounding like a gourd that hums. It's something that centers me and usually the people around me. And that was good and dandy. But there came a time where I was just, like, filled with things that the, the task of that life, to upkeep that life, is that you have to constantly empty yourself out. Constantly. You have to constantly empty yourself out. You can't hold on to anything. 
whatever comes comes whatever goes goes like a washed out gourd standing water doesn't go in a gourd I'm talking the vegetable (laughs) it's perishable like I have to consider myself my time my money my circumstance all of these things are perishable items they can't be in stagnant water they can't be hosting dead air they'll rot there was so much change in such a short amount of time and there was so much loss and there was so much death and I was not doing a very good job of emptying myself out for a multitude of reasons I wasn't strong enough to I was literally too exhausted I wasn't brave enough to I didn't want to really look myself in the eye I wasn't sober enough to I was constantly off kilter once you realize you're going to have to stop blaming yourself for those things and find a way to not completely crash and burn because you are once again on your way down (laughs) you are at the top of a spiral I know what the bottom of the spiral looks like on the other side of this, the same lesson because I didn't always know how to be a, a good washed out gourd I would say, or rather I've had to learn how to do both, but that is the skill that came more innately to me just wash yourself out and be disciplined uh, be disciplined in your wants so I don't have to be disciplined in my actions the two ways that you have something bounce off of you something come and knock you when life comes and conks you (laughs) if you get conked how do you make a good noise and the first way is to be a good washed out gourd but that requires you to not be stagnant, requires you to constantly spell things that don't belong, and it requires you to never let anything that's rotting into your gourd, or else you have to get it out immediately. Um, Or you can be something that is filled solid, like a tuning fork, but when it gets knocked, it all hums together. You can't just be full of things that don't reverberate. You have to be solid all the way through. So if I'm translating one mode of life to another because I had to, because I wasn't sober enough and I wasn't strong enough and I I was so tired and I had so many things to do and all of those felt like my fault like I was like just that I didn't care about myself I was like what does this say about my self esteem what does this say about my personhood what does this say about how I value myself and my priorities why am I throwing myself away like this but it wasn't that actually it was that I had an impossible amount of things to do every day (laughs) I had so many plates spinning 
I had been my own bar of excellence for a very long time, and I only knew how to push myself. I did an insane amount of shit, especially when you factor in how depressed I was, <laughs> and how my <laughs> how my very loving um, undergrad institution definitely had me on suicide watch for a while there. <laughs> And just was like kind enough to not institutionalize me, but were also kind enough to nudge slash demand me into therapy. Not demand, but like it wouldn't have looked good if I were like, no, I don't want to get therapy. I happen to be enthusiastic about therapy and I had been wanting it for a while, so it would have been great. But if I had tried to say, <laughs> trying to make me go, <laughs> if I tried to say no, <laughs> it wouldn't have gone well. <laughs> I was slipping badly. Also, being a gourd is a lot easier when you have a lot of external space too, not just internal space. Like, yes, you have to hold on to nothing, but it's also nice to have a creative playground. Gourds are drums. Gourds are made to be used creatively. Gourds are made for dancing. Hi, I know what I said. I know I said I wasn't gonna come back. But I just listened to this alongside you all, and I am I am absolutely back with some final thoughts. I think this is because... Hold on, I need some tea. I always forget to drink my tea during these, and then it gets cold. Not today. Hold, please. Alright. Here are some closing thoughts. I didn't really have closing thoughts on this because I was still in the process of chewing through them. Like I was literally thinking, ideating, and wondering where I fit into all this in real time. And now, a couple months removed, I'm realizing like, I was just beginning to notice how hard I was on myself for lots of life circumstances that were just not my fault. And even more than that, it wasn't really about fault at a certain point in time, it was just the arc of the story that I was in. When I think of myself less like someone who is made up of right and wrong decisions and more as someone who forges on in their story, it becomes a lot easier to understand that right and wrong don't do shit for me except for distract me from the narrative. And when I think about you know the process of emptying myself out and how exhausting that process is, you have to clarify constantly for all the black girls that listen you know about wash day you know how tiring it is especially wash day where you gotta clarify your hair you already got a shampoo twice that kind of stuff i had had metaphorically my harm my arms above my head scrubbing and scrubbing all that time and i was tired i was tired of always like wanting the right thing and doing the right thing i was tired of constantly thinking about right and wrong i don't think that there's um a one that's better than the other, the difference in, in terms of having a life that reverberates, in terms of making a good hum noise, in terms of getting knocked around and, and ev you and everyone being better for it. I don't think that there's a right answer between gourd and tuning fork. And I think depending on the season of life that I'm in, I'm going to be one or the other, or maybe even some mix of both that I haven't yet crossed paths with. When I'm entering into my first season of life as a tuning fork, of filling myself with things that are solid, 
and making sure whatever I am filled with is harmonious enough such that when life comes and conks me, obviously, because I know that it's coming, my next conk is, I'm sure, on the way, I'm able to just hum and bring myself back down. That's what I want. And I want to be able to do that at least semi in public such that the song that I make, the noise that I make, is able to take other people back down to themselves and their bodies. And either way, gourd or tuning fork, I am realizing that this like level of shame that I had, level of, oh my gosh, time wasted, and what does it say about me and my person? I was just beginning to think about how much that thinking was limiting me and holding me back. But especially six months later, like removed from, six months removed from the self that was ideating and the self that was learning all this in real time. I'm like, no, bitch, finish your thought. Like, what what were you saying when you were saying you were so hard on yourself? Because you were. Keeping and collecting myself doesn't mean keeping tally. Threading myself together at the seams isn't about, like, covering up the unsightly or the unsavory holes that I don't think should be there. It's about making sure that I don't lose track of where I am in my narrative. Yeah. I feel really lucky to be here at the end of the day with myself. I feel lucky to spend time with myself. And I'm grateful for the person that I have ended up becoming. I'm grateful for the person that I'm in the process of becoming. And as much as it scared me then, which is why I was recording this in secret with like medium half-baked plans to share it and distribute it one day, I am also grateful to be living a life at least partially in public and grateful to be learning in public in real time because I always say that that's rare and it's deeply necessary and it's something that I am fortunate enough to have access to. And I can learn with you all as we listen back through what I was thinking and feeling. Quite honestly, like, it's like, I don't remember what I said in these. It's a shock to me, too. So I just, I put this together. I did some light editing to make sure that I didn't incriminate myself or share any information that would help you, I don't know, locate my social security number. But past that, that was really just, you know, my thoughts as I blew O's on my Chicago porch. God damn, I missed that porch. It was just as much of a surprise, like what was in it for me is for you. So I think I had to come back and just think about now my life is a budding tuning fork. So my life is a tuning fork in construction. I'm absolutely right in thinking that the, the gourd life, the be empty and just want good things is the life that I am predisposed to be good at, most definitely. And now I'm in an entirely different era of life where I'm working on discipline on even though I want this thing that will not be good for me, I still have to say no. Do you know how often I tell myself no? Not super often. It's a good skill to develop. (laughs) And I suppose more than that, it's a kind of discipline that I've never really had access to. All this time I was doing the most because I had to. These were the stakes of survival. My friend Jessica, like really hates the idea of resilience or when people would compliment them and be like oh my gosh like you're so excellent Jessica would always be like I mean bitch duh like did I have a choice I said this in a different voice memo to myself but it was 
not just sink or swim, it was sink or be an Olympic swimmer. Like, <laughs> sometimes when you come from circumstances that are like that, you don't have a choice but to be excellent. So now I'm here in adulthood, and I could be mediocre. And this is a different kind of discipline. This is a different kind of diligence. The kind that I have because I'm choosing it. Oh my god, I love this song. <laughs> this is my cue to go. My uh, jazz playlist has run out, and now we are getting into my eclectic R&B tastes. That's a little too vulnerable for the internet. However, I will put this in the jazz episode, the jazz notes of the episode. So I leave you in peace. I'm recording this on a Sunday, but whenever you're listening to this, of course, I hope the work of your day passes through your hands with ease and a new one since I already said that. I hope that your peace is unconditional, no matter what your circumstances are. Until next time. I love this song. (laughs) 